Come on in, guys. Welcome back to Talking Llama. Matt and Jared here. And Jared, another extended episode. How about that? Two in a row. Yeah, I realized about 15 minutes in that it was, well, probably half an hour in that it was not going to be an hour long. Because um, it seemed like it was going to be because they did the immunity challenge like pretty early. And then I was like, oh, we're a third of the way through. What well, the funny thing is, because we were texting during the episode about if if we knew or you're asking if I knew it was a longer episode. And I remember I remember hearing about it from, you know, podcasts and whatnot. But I don't know if CBS marketed this part of it at all. I feel like that'd be a very important thing for them to get out there. Yeah, uh, I did. I was confused because I was like, they never do it on the second episode. So I was like, is this a new thing where they just have an hour and a half slot this year? But sounds like no. I think it, it kind of works sometimes when they can do it with amazing with like Amazing Race or Big Brother before some of the fall premieres start. So I think okay. next week because they were advertising that show Ghost, which apparently is popular. I think it looks like absolute trash, but apparently <laughs> people love it. So when that comes out next week, they'll have this and the Amazing Race. They don't have that extra half hour to work with, is my guess. Oh man, yeah. The uh, I feel like I've watched ghost ads as much as i watch survivor tonight <laughs> every ad every commercial break it was ridiculous uh, but jared before we get into it do you want to talk about aaron judge hitting number 61 tonight during the episode uh is that a big deal to you at all it's not to me um i you know i'm obviously you know people can't see me i'm wearing a twins shirt right now so anytime <laughs> the yankees succeed my soul dies a little bit that's fair that's fair. But here's the question. Will you care about 62? Uh, this from like a baseball per- fan perspective, or is it still the Yankees? So you're- I mean, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool, but like, I mean, it's, uh, it's 73, right? That's what I, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> what, do, what do you count as the official MLB home run record? That's what's in the books. 73. Here's so, my hot take. Let's steroids in baseball. Yeah, I don't know if that's that hot. Uh, we're we're starting to advocate for the users to get into Hall of Fame, so I feel like that's it's becoming less hot over time. We'll let, we'll end this tangent soon, but do you remember how fun the '98 summer was with McGuire yeah. and Sosa, and even my guy Griffey Jr. for a little bit there? It was a good one. Give um, us more of that. Give us these juiced up juiced up big boy men just crushing long balls all summer it makes it so much more fun yeah and i like that's all fine and good i mean i i think like uh, (laughs) i think anyone after barry bonds is going to be a disappointment on steroids because barry bonds was just like (laughs) 
it was, the was stuff like, he was doing was insane. Yeah, it was other levels of it. So I don't know. Like now that I've seen that, um, it's hard to be impressed by anything, even if it's more legitimate. That's fair. That's fair. But baseball talk, talking baseball will be a different podcast. We'll get back into into Survivor here. Um, so we get a big heavy rainstorm, and I thought we were going to get the first instance of this is the hardest season ever, but no. They just acknowledge how hard it was, but had the self-restraint to not say this is the hardest season ever. And I wonder if that's because they saw how much people just got ripped online for saying that, or if they actually just realized that one bad night doesn't make your season the hardest thing ever. Yeah, I I think, well, it feels like to me they're making a conscious effort to make sure that doesn't come up. When you say they, you mean the players or production? Production. Oh. Yeah, like it was definitely a point of emphasis from production last time. Um, and it is not this time so far. Like they could have... Uh, production could have just edited out a lot of that stuff last season. So I'm sure people go on every season and complain about how hard it is. And I don't care about the complaint about how hard it is. It's saying that we have it the hardest. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Production could have just edited it, but maybe they wanted the online Twitter trolls going back and forth. Whatever. Just, just a small point to start off the episode, but I did love with Sammy talking about the rainstorm, how he can just have his mom come pick him up from the convenience store. Like, <laughs> just incredible. He's 19, talking like he's about 13. Love that moment. Yep. Uh, he did a great Patrick Mahomes impression, too. That I had a specific, specific note to talk about that. Um, we'll just jump into it, just because it, it's nothing. It's just a funny part. This, I don't know if this overtakes... Um, Colby and and Reed at the Heroes versus Villains Loved One Challenge is my favorite moment or the funniest moment. But this moment was hysterical. It's objectively one of the funniest things I've ever seen, not just in Survivor. <laughs> so it's it's him, Gabler, and Owens at the camp. And he just goes, Do you guys know who Patrick Mahomes is? You go, yeah. Watch this. Just chucks a coconut at a tree. Just with two hands. With two hands. That was it. <laughs> that, that was all. There was no like weird lefty throw. There was no no look pass or anything. Just just hucks a coconut. Well, incredible, I love incredible content. It was a great edit, too, because like the girls were off and they're like, are the guys like strategizing that we don't know about? And then Sammy's like, hey, guys, check it out. That is great. And but then it, it does. Yeah. So this is the still the first part of the episode. And um, backing up a little bit, Ellie and Janine are walking about. They've got their strong, too. And Gabler's kind of on the outs. And so they're discussing, at least in their mind he is, they're discussing who to bring in between Owen and Sammy, just kind of thinking they can pull one of them in for an easy 3-2 majority. And then they're saying, oh, maybe they're not even playing the game. Then it cuts directly to that impeccable Patrick Mahomes impression. But then Sammy does go into actual strategy right after that which, which was the whole the whole edit there was was terrific with that first moment of saying are they even playing going to them doing the farthest thing from playing the game and then having sammy go right into a legitimate strategy talk and he's realizing that janine and ellie are tight too and they're kind of off on their own so like we talked about last week that when you draw lines down gender lines this one happens to be gender lines but it's because those two 
are isolating themselves from the other three. And as Sammy says, they're underestimating them. So of course, those three should be the ones that team up together for an easy three, two majority. Would you say? Yeah, I think so. I was trying to figure out if, if he was intentionally doing it guys versus girls, but because, because he said something like, he said something like we like, we don't need them because we have like one, two, three right here or something. And I didn't know if he meant that. Yeah. It's like a guy's thing, or if it's just like the people that he has with him right there. Well, his, his next confessional said that basically it's dumb to do alliances just off of gender. Yeah, lines. yeah. And in this case, it happens to be that because the two women were just kind of boohooing the men and not really taking them seriously, at least from his perspective. So it happens to be a guys versus girls, but he specifically said he doesn't like when that's the reason for forming alliances. Yeah. The, I hope we just get to a point someday where it's like, we don't even have to address it. It's just <laughs> like this alliance has three and this alliance has two. Yes. Or these two aren't engaging. It was like the, the, the cool kid alliance with, with Jay and Taylor and Figgy and Michelle, they had those, they have a strong four, but <laughs> we're in the minority. <laughs> yeah. And just didn't engage with anybody else. So yeah, of course the other players are going to form against you in that case. And so if you have three who are not being spoken to as serious alliance members, but the other two, of course, you're going to form an opposing alliance against them. Yeah. All right. That really was it for Baca, at least early on. Move on, on to Vessi. Uh, Dwight and Jesse are out looking, trying to bond. Uh, Jesse kind of views Dwight as one on the outs, although Dwight says he can connect with everybody. Except for Cody, so not everybody. Um, but they had a they had a kind of a tight, contentious, I should say, back and forth all episode, even up until the the end of the vote. Yeah, it was like a a bit of a Shannon Ricard, where it's like a kind of a weird duo, like power struggle kind of thing. Like that's, they couldn't an, uh, couldn't agree on what to do. That's an interesting comparison. I kind of see where you're going from or coming from, but I didn't, I, I would disagree just because I think Shannon Ricard, at least at that point in the game were smart and strong players. Yeah. Yeah. They were ahead of everyone. And yeah. and in this case, Jesse fits that, but I'm not really sure what Dwight's doing. Not yet. I don't think he not handled <laughs> really any of these moments except for one spot where he didn't just completely blow Jesse's spot up that he did. That was particularly great. He kind of had a weak episode. He was trying. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it before before the vote. Um, but I wasn't a huge fan of of what he what he had going on tonight. Definitely not one of the strong points. Uh, there is. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people got got really good run tonight. He was not one of them. Was Cody one of them? Because my man is out here just oh, having a blast. Absolutely. Well, he's living. He's living. Yeah. So. As I was writing my recap, I was getting, I was doing a point where I was kind of like, I love how he's just living his life, just living, go out there, have fun, do what you want. But at the same time, you're on a show, as Penner would say, for $1 million. I can't do it. It's really more like $600,000. After you know. Obama gets his hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Kent, what a guy. Um, and then right after that, he goes into talking about how his friend passed away in high school from cancer and how that kind of just 
made him kind of reflect on his outlook on life. So, of course, it makes sense that he's doing what he's doing. But I thought the interesting part of that was how it started with him and Noel kind of talking about Noel and her leg, getting a, a moment on that. And then it transitions away from Noel into Cody talking about his friend who lost a leg and then passed away. Yes, it's a, it's a sad story. It's huge into who Cody was. But it was, it was a really weird transition from a person on the show who lost a leg into somebody talking about another person who lost a leg. Yeah. Yeah. It would feel a little more natural if they showed Cody talking to her about it for like 15 seconds. And then they like did a deep dive on her situation. Yeah. Or, or both. Yeah. But to have, to not have Cody and Noah, and maybe they didn't talk about it. So it was nothing to show, but to not have them discuss Cody's friend and then go to Cody's side was, (laughs) I mean, it's part of a story. It had to get told, but it was just a, in an odd way. I thought of of framing it. Yeah. Well, now, what would you think of? So I know they they pick like every episode is named after either something that one of the contestants says or like a theme throughout. Uh, or what they have tattooed on their ass, you know? Yeah. Whatever. What What would you think of this season? They just did live in one, live in two, live in three and just titled every episode live in just with the number see i love it except for the fatal flaw that you either have to keep going after cody's voted out and then it's just weird or you stop i guess his last episode could still be called live in live in whatever number yep yeah i don't know i mean it's worth thinking about it is it is props. Get on that. I, th- I know you're listening. We can, uh, we can do that. Um, let's see here. Back to let's see. That's really it for for Vessi here. Coco. And one thing about these longer episodes, this is what we get when we have an extra half hour to work with. We get these great tribe moments. Not every moment's gonna shine, but we talked about this last week. How we had two hours, one vote. Really got to know the players in a way that you don't often get to in the premiere. And it was just more of that this week. We get three kind of full stories, if you will, before the immunity challenge with each individual tribe. And I'm I'm so thrilled that we got two episodes this time of really getting these these human moments and and probably a deeper look at them than you normally would have. Yeah, um, I was I guess it's kind of related, kind of unrelated, but like. I was pleasantly surprised they did it this way because when I realized a third of the way into the episode that they had already done the immunity challenge and it was an hour and a half long, I was like, oh, they're definitely voting two people off this episode. And then they just didn't. And I was I was really happy about that. I thought the same thing. Um, I, I was worried they were going to do a double vote. And at that point, a double vote was going to feel very rushed, which wouldn't have been fun. And then I thought, okay, maybe they'll do an extended risk or no risk, which they didn't do at all, which I thought was amazing. That was terrific. And then it it makes sense. I hadn't even considered the beware advantage as being a factor, which I love that it wasn't just on my mind worrying about that, that they've done enough to kind of set set the game up away from that. And that actually provided a lot of fun this week, which which we'll get to before too long here. Uh, But moving moving on to Coco, Ryan takes the precarious position of leading the tribe in stretches and workouts, which I love when players do this because I, I really like looking at the reactions of the other players 
because you would get people like coach leading Tai Chi and it's just like coachy coachy <laughs> my mistake it's like one more reason to vote that person out or it can endear them to you but it's a high risk almost no reward role to take on voluntarily yeah and that's the position you want to be in <laughs> the high risk no reward high really? risk no reward yeah and not and, only that, I mean, there was, he was uh, getting a little handsy too. So that's also a risk. I mean, it's, I, I was watching that and I was like, I personally don't think anything of this, but I could see other people being like, is he making them uncomfortable? Are you talking about when he, I think it was Lindsay when he cracked her back? Yep. Yeah. It, it didn't look like, I think he said, do you want me to crack your back and then just cracked it? It didn't look like he gave her time to give an answer, but probably after, an edit. After, I was gonna say after the fiasco of thirty nine, they probably would have cut that if there was any sort of even like an inkling of a possible bad situation there. That I, I would assume she said yes or she asked him to, and he was like, "Oh, you want me to crack it?" And yeah, so hopefully that'll be the last time we talk about that. But does it? It is, it is an interesting point to mention that intentions put aside, people also just don't like being touched necessarily. Like, even if my back was hurting, I wouldn't want some stranger I've known for four days to just crack my back, but don't know what their qualifications are. Just some random person. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, what were, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, just, just we're, well, we're talking about Kochi, of, of course. And just, just how that can be kind of an odd position to, to voluntarily put yourself in. Yeah. There really is, really is nothing more um, about that. That was oh. kind of the one. Uh, Nora, I, too. I, I forgot really Nora caught. did that, which anyone who puts themselves in a Nora position is, is not, not the best company from a game standpoint. <laughs> Could be terrific company from an entertainment standpoint because Nora yeah. is, is gold. Um, and then on Coco, we get a, we get a really, you know, another emotional story uh, from Gio talking about coming out to his family at did he say what his age was teenage years i think i remember younger age and basically being disowned and basically being told like if you can't change who you are which discussion for another time but not really how it works um then that they're basically like done with him is kind of how it how he kind of phrased he went he was homeless for a little bit and he get, talked about just persevered and you know found found the strength to keep going and Really great moment. Another benefit that in an hour long episode probably would have gotten a few sentence sentences out of that, or we would have lost the Cody moment or the Patrick Mahomes moment or something else fun. And instead we get the full moment. He got a couple minutes on this, which is really nice to see a, re- a cool, you know, kind of pull yourself up a bootstraps type of story um, that you don't really have time for later in the season. So I'm glad they're getting these out early on. Yep. Yep. I think we've talked about that too, like on past episodes where if you're going to extend some of the episodes, we'd rather see it a little earlier where, you know, it's not just like, wait, who was that that just got voted out? Yep. Yep. And again, benefit of the two hour premiere, we knew who these people were and now we're just learning more and more. So seems like it's going to be done. They usually do an extended episode at the merge. Um, but if they have any other moments where they can slip in an extra half hour, I know fans and from following on Twitter, everyone is all for it. Uh, we get to the immunity challenge and it's 
a twist on one we've, we've seen before. Swim to a cage, climb up and over, unleash or release or untie a massive heavy snake. Did they say the weight of the snake on the show? So I saw yeah. people on Twitter. I must have missed it, but 400 pounds. Yep. Jeff said 400. All I heard him say was heavy. And then I saw people tweeting 400. He must have said it, but 400. That is absurd. Yep. And I'm yep. assuming that's 400 pounds before it gets waterlogged. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they would have at least some kind of water resistant material to help it maintain its weight but I, who knows but that's not the point it's it's really heavy <laughs> 400 is it and that's just silly absolutely silly these are the kind of challenges where I, if i was out there i would stand out in a very bad way i'm short i'm strong ish for my size but i i don't know what i would do in this in this challenge yeah i was uh there is one moment uh i, I got to pull my notes up quick um because i'm still getting to know some of the names but um it was oh no i'm not finding <sighs> about what someone was doing with the snake there was one person i felt especially bad for um i think it was i think it was janine um, I get Janine and Justine mixed up, but yeah, I was like, man, she's already got like uh, a scuffed up chin, and she like she has to weigh like eighty pounds. That that's Janine with, yeah. with the chin, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, um, that like her in this challenge, I could, I I just felt for. Yeah. And I mean, we saw Cody hanging on and like throwing his body weight backwards, trying to drag it. We saw Geo just like hanging on and then just fell off. I mean, that's a brutal challenge, but I'm glad they did it early on and not after everyone's super depleted when they can actually still physically do it. Um, so once they do that, they get the snake over the cage, drag it back to the shore on a, on a table release some number tiles they used to solve a combination lock which then lets them do the final massive puzzle also planned for reward first try to finish gets a full fishing kit second tribe gets a smaller kit and third loses their flint as always now and goes to travel council uh pretty standard challenge it was fine um we don't often have a lot to say in the challenges unless there's something unique or different or especially funny or noteworthy but it's a challenge um Baka finishes first with Janine and Ellie on the puzzle. Coco finishes soon after with Vessi far behind in the puzzle. And then this is another benefit, longer episode. We kind of got a split of pre-tribal at Vessi, also a look at Baka. And that's when I realized, oh, this is what they're going to do, which kind of seemed like an obvious thing to anticipate them doing, which I probably should have seen. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll go, through, go through all Baka first. I kind of cut back and forth. We'll just do it all in one tribe at a time. Um, so it was, again, not much important, I would say, except, except from one aspect. Um, they kind of just talk about the fishing gear, it really, for a few minutes. And and Gabler goes out to fish because he has experienced spearfishing, but not with the Hawaiian sling. And we've seen players lose the Hawaiian sling before. And that's fear number 1A for Ellie, that Gabler's going to go out and just just mess, the thing, mess this whole thing up for them. There's a fair fear. 
I mean, I I was not highly confident after uh, watching his trial runs. I was very glad he he did it on the beach and then just go for a live trial in the water. Yep, and I mean they never followed up on that, right? We don't know. No, how that so I'm, ass- out. I'm assuming he, has, he hasn't lost it yet because that for yeah. sure would have been talked about. Yeah, well, we'll assume that he hasn't lost it or caught anything. Yes, correct. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the if the lost if if a lost Hawaiian sling comes up in in an episode or two. Yeah, I mean, which happens first, lost or caught fish? I would say lost is probably like minus one eighty right now. That sounds fair. I'd I'd probably take that bet. I take the lost over before catch. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll get that to Bovada. See what see if they agree. Yep. Well, I got to make sure I I give like odds on every episode throughout the course of the season. Ooh, I think find that, one random thing. Yeah. Last week it was the dislocated shoulder uh, in the opening challenge. This week it's the losing the Hawaiian sling. I like that. I I really like that as as a running bit. Let's 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 keep you on that. Big fan. Um, but the real. Or the the interesting part here is while Gabriel's out fishing, the rest of the tribe is talking about the idol he has, and they weren't sure if Gabriel's idol was good for the first two tribals in the season as a whole, or Gabler's him specifically his first two tribals. Now, when when we talked last week, we were we were very, both very certain it was his first tribals. When they were discussing this, did you start second guessing that at all? Or were you pretty sure you remembered it right from the first week? Uh, I've never remembered it just being the first two tribals. So I, I was not really second guessing myself. I mean, it seems like that's usually how they do it where Mm -hmm. someone themselves or one person himself, like Mike has to go twice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one point I saw, cause I was on the same page as you, the one point I saw, um, I think it was was Mike Bloom on Twitter is that because of the shortened season and they know kind of how the game works with no merge two a two tribal idol when lots of tribes only go like once pre-merge is pretty powerful. So if that's how they were thinking, I think it's fair to, to consider that. But yeah, personally I was like, no, it's, it's two tribals for him. Um, but the interesting part or the next interesting part is they go through Gabler's bag to confirm. And I saw some people talking on, on Twitter, namely Dalton Ross from UW. He is against players being allowed to go through other players bags. Have we talked about this before? No. What are your thoughts on that? I'll give you his reasoning later, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I feel like you and me may have discussed this, but I did not know that Dalton Ross was against it. So I guess, I mean, to, I feel like my point might, or my stance might change on this a little bit, like episode to episode, but in general, I think I'm okay with it. Just no, like as long as everyone is under the impression that everyone can do this. Right. And I think at this point, everyone does, does know that, or everyone should know that. So his reasoning, which which I which I like, is he he likes players having less information. So exactly, I mean, this was a perfect example. If they don't know if Gabler's idol is good or not, imagine them going to tribal next week, not knowing if he has a valid idol, 
and not knowing how to ask him about it without freaking him out. Like he's probably going to play it if it's good either way. But if they're not sure, you know, how do they navigate that unknown piece of information? And that if you don't know someone has an advantage or a fake idol or whatever it might be. And then on the contrary, it's, well, it's your, it's your thing. You know, they can do it. Like you said, it's up to you to hide it or whatever else it might be. I, if I had to make a decision, because what's the fun in, in living in the gray area? Because honestly, I don't really care one way or the other. So I, I see, I see validity to both sides. I would say you can do it personally. I, I, I like that they can do it because then it's on the, on the players player whose bag it is to guard against it. But I do like Dalton's reasoning for it. Cause I, I do like when players have to navigate those situations and can't just find their way into the answer without having to do some, you know, a social game or something like that to get into it. Yeah. So a couple points on that, I think, so he's talking more from like the show's perspective and like he's saying, yeah, what makes better TV? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but I think I would guess from production's perspective, my guess would be that it's so hard to enforce where like you would have to have someone monitoring every second at camp that like it's possible someone would do it anyway. So they might as well just say you can do this. That's fair. I mean, they, they do have, I mean, cameras on them 24 seven. Yeah. I suppose along, they would along with, along with crew. On yeah. The beach. Uh, yeah. I, I still think there could be some blind spots in monitoring it where it's just safest to say it's, like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, just not in, not even risk the headache of making that rule and then having someone do it anyway and not catching it. That makes sense. And so then for Vessi over at pre-tribal, NECA kind of dropped the ball at the challenge. So she, so she, as often as the case, especially in these smaller tribe seasons where challenge prowess can kind of take a front seat, at least initially, she's the initial target seen as the weak link in the challenge. And no one's, no one's disputing that fact. No one's trying to defend that part of it. But Jesse and Cody have both formed pretty good bonds with her. And they don't want to see her gone um, because they're looking long game that having someone they can trust longer is going to benefit them more than just keeping the tribe strong for one more vote or one more challenge. Um, so, so they get to work on trying to save her or they, I mean, they have a three-two majority because Dwight has no vote, so they're basically try, just trying to make Justine feel comfortable because they want to. They want to target Justine because she's a salesperson. And incredible moment when Jesse even referenced that in the confessional. That as Cody said, you can't trust salespeople. Like Jesse's a smart dude, so if Cody's getting him to say that, I don't. I didn't get the the impression that Jesse was like joking on that. I mean, maybe not fully serious maybe kind of joking but i think he said it because he kind of meant it maybe maybe cody's game is a little better than we thought from last week well jesse is i i think jesse is definitely sure he doesn't trust justine but i don't know if the yeah i mean the reasoning could have I mean, yeah, been I'm sure that's only a part of it but just the fact yeah. that it got referenced at all yep yep i mean uh, there i feel like at the point I I texted you again, where I just said I think it's a little later. Um, 
when Cody was doing work on the, you know, beware advantage. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, so Jesse starts talking to Dwight cause he, he wants to keep Dwight close. You know, even though Dwight doesn't have a vote, he could still mess things up. He could reveal plans or talk to the girls, which obviously could blow things up for them. And again, this is, this is where I really didn't like what Dwight was doing. Jesse by, at least by what we've seen is really the only person making an active effort to form any sort of relationship with Dwight. And Dwight is just playing hard to get basically, and just resisting, even though he has, he has no leverage without his vote right now that if he had a vote, yeah, he, he can, he can work, he can work him a little bit, but right now, the girls, Justine and Ellie, not Justine and Ellie, Justine and Noel are basically just taking him along because he's there. Then I don't get the impression, at least, that they necessarily chose him because they like working with him or they especially want to. He, he's just kind of a number for them right now. And Jesse's trying to make an active effort to pull him in, get him to work with them. And he's still resisting, like openly resisting. Yeah, I... <sighs> I don't know if I'd call it resisting. Like it seemed like maybe to me, it seemed like they were on the same page a little more than it seemed to you, but like, I thought they were definitely a two. Um, well, well, D- well, Dwight, Dwight was saying he, he won, he wanted NECA out. Uh, in, the, in the confessionals. He wanted to keep yeah. the tribe strong. He was, he was, he was a little more open to it talking to Jesse, but he was still wasn't like fully on board. And Jesse, right. Jesse no, I'm not that. saying, yeah, I'm not saying they agreed on who they were going to vote out, but it seemed like they at least were discussing who they were going to vote together at at points. So I just think of them as like a two for that reason, because like Cody and NECA would be a two. Justine and Noel would be a two. And then I think I, I would have still at one point this episode called Jesse and Dwight a two. Okay. See, I saw it as Jesse, Cody, and Neca as three. Justine and Noel as two. And Jesse trying to make Dwight their fourth. And Dwight, for whatever reason, basically because he doesn't trust Cody, wanting to be the third for Justine and and, and Noel. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> yeah, they... But even yeah. still, I think in Dwight's position, with no vote in a small tribe... You are, you can be an easy target. Even if you don't want to work with Jesse, I feel like he had to give him a little more just to ensure his own safety. Yeah. Uh, the, the no leverage I'm putting my foot down play is it's always a favorite, uh, (laughs) from the couch. It's a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a great gameplay tactic. No. No, when you have nothing to back it up with, it was interesting. Um, and then it's so it seems like they've got the solid three two, and and Dwight for whatever reason has not. If you this is also the other thing, if he's against voting out Justine, he clearly clearly didn't tell her that's what Jesse was doing. So I don't I don't I think we might have missed something in the edit on how that worked, because from my impression, I would have thought he would have told her unless he's trying to play the middle and it doesn't want to get his, you know, his hands dirty on either side. Yeah. Do we know he didn't tell her? Cause she was like kind of surprised. 
Well, I don't. She seemed to think that it was kind of a good possibility she was going. I I don't know if she would they have split the vote though if she if she thought she was the target because if they split the vote and then 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 she she's done yeah if if I'm wow that right. I mean yeah I might need to I might I might need a little more detail on how that vote played out then because I know Cody and NECA got one each right and then she got yeah so Justine and Noel split their votes on so so they must have still okay. thought okay. that that yeah. Cody or at least Jesse was voting for NECA with them and so they were trying to guard against one of them playing their shot in the dark and then it just ended up being pointless yeah I like like a lot of that went over my head in real time. Yeah, the shot in the dark, I'm still not used to. Because when they, when when I saw Cody's name, I was like, who, who the hell is running for Cody? And then with the commercial break, I go, oh, shot in the dark. They split it. They even said that early, earlier in the episode that they were considering doing that. But yeah, I don't know. It's not clear if Dwight said anything. I'm trying to think through this in real time now, which is never good, on how Justine would have proceeded had she known... Uh, Jesse and NECA and Cody were voting for her. If she thought all three were voting for her, then it wouldn't matter, and she would she would have played her shot in the dark, right? Yeah, yeah. So in, unless she thought that just Jesse was voting with her and Cody and NECA were voting against her, or just NECA, and then if Cody if if she's thinking Cody plays his shot in the dark. Or Naka plays hers. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. I'll... At the at the very at the very least, unless she completely messed up, at the very least, she did not believe that all three were voting against her. Right. Because then there's yeah. no reason not to play your shot in the dark because your vote is pointless. Yeah. Okay, that's enough for that. We get into the first beware advantage, and this this was one of the talking points. End of last season, beginning of this season, preseason, all that of how the beware advantage will work now that the players know the phrases are out there, which they clearly couldn't do it that way. And so Jesse comes across the beware advantage and he picks it up. Now, given the stakes, the that they have a three-two majority while in a tribe of six, a a gift on a silver platter, and referencing that he watched season 41 and part of 42 and knew what was at risk. Why did he, aside from just living, why would you take the beware advantage right now? Cause he didn't, he didn't see the beware. It just said, open it. <laughs> I mean, I, I see, I see the point. I think part of it is probably the fear that if I leave this here, somebody else is going to get it. Or if I leave this here, I'm throwing away a chance that, a boost in the game. But can you pick it up and just not open it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you can pick that. it up and, and say, no, but, but if you don't take, you have to leave it though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you either, you pick it up, you read that note. It says you either open this, do what it says. It's yours or put it back where you found it and move on basically. All right. Yeah. That was a choice then. I, I think, cause we talked about before, 
before the players knew kind of how it worked when it was still a new new idea is you see something with the word beware on it it should make you think twice about taking it just because you kind of know what survivor can do and now you know it's probably a safe assumption that you're going to lose your vote at least temporarily with a chance of getting it back and he knows travel council at that point had to be max like two hours away if not less than that and he, he's basically saying i'm just gonna throw caution to the wind jump off this cliff again and just try to get my vote or we're screwed i kind of love it though honestly i think i'd be harder on him if it was anybody else yep except for maybe like sammy but ah, if, I think if, we'd be harder on Sammy too. <laughs> if, if if Jesse or or Ellie or someone had taken it, mm-hmm. I'd I'd be a little more. You're, you're smarter than that. You should you should have known better. Yeah, I guess I guess. Would you say definitively, in the moment, obviously results based thinking, which you which you know I hate. He made the right choice, but in the moment, would you be firmly for or against? taking that beware advantage in, in Cody's spot? Uh, well, it's hard. I mean, it depends what the specifics of the advantage are. Like, can I, if I put it back where it was, can I go back later and get it again? Or does it mean that I passed up that opportunity forever? As far as I know, I think you, as if it's still there, I think you can go back and get it. Because We've then, never seen that come up. I don't yeah. think. That would go, that would play a part. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've, my brand is just don't do anything, especially early on that will put your vote at risk or draw any attention to yourself. So I think the, the biggest stressful part in my mind is that is how close it was to travel council that he took it. Oh yeah. yeah. It's one thing if you've got a day or something to, figure out whatever you have to do and you can work it. And maybe you don't even go to travel council if it's before a challenge. You've got plenty of time, but in this case, it was so close. I'm not sure how you can take that risk. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally would not have done it, um, but I have, I would consider myself more of a conservative player as is. I mean, yep. it, I feel like they kind of, foreshadowed this at the beginning where he's like every day I'm out here I just want to have a good time and I think we all kind of knew what he was going to do when he found it <laughs> yes I'm not surprised in the least um, but it is what it is so to the advantage obviously there's no dumb phrases this time so this year each or the season, I should say, each player has some sort of unique, distinct bead or string of beads on their personal bag. And Cody's job is to convince each person on the tribe to voluntarily give him their beads to put on his immunity bracelet. If it's not, it can't be stolen or taken, it has to be willingly given. And until that point happens, he has no vote couple things one i like it just because it's different it requires requires the social game to an extent it's not just say some dumb dumb phrase and hope no one notices um but did it say if it expires at the merge Um, i'd assume so i thought 
I thought about that and I could not think of a way where it wouldn't. Right. I'd assume it would be at the merge again. But the other question is, what if someone gets voted out before he gets their beat? Is he is he just done with votes well, until the merge? That's the same thing as the phrases where it's like, what if someone who had one of the other phrases got voted out? I feel like we talked about that and never came to a concrete answer. Yeah. So I, I really hope on one of the other tribes that happens just so we can see what happens. I'm assuming they're just done. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't think you would need the bead then. Oh, no. I was going to say I'd like, assume that because then it just makes it easier for you. It's one less bead to get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think that would be how it would work. Well, I, I hope it happens. We can so we can see. This was one of the complaints from especially especially from forty one, where they didn't fully explain just the plethora of advantages and how they worked, and they did a lot better job in season forty two, mostly because it was repeats. We kind of knew knew the knew the game at that point, but these kind of questions would be nice to know the answer to, and maybe they don't say because they they know it doesn't come into play that either. They they all get their beads or they go to merge soon after. It doesn't matter. But I do want to see how it plays out in that sense. Um, so he gets to work. He's got in in his confessional, he says minutes, and it was clearly longer than minutes. Um, but not a lot of time, whatever that amount was. And he had earlier made this just kind of hat out of palm fronds, and he talks about wearing it to tribal council. He wants to bedazzle it. So he puts his bead on there. He asked Jesse for his. He had told Jesse about the advantage. So Jesse knew how it worked. Jesse gives him his beads. Naka gives gives him her beads. And then he gets to work on the other people. And other than Noel, it's going very easily that Dwight and and Justine um or Jan- yeah, Justine give give him give him their beads. And Noel had already used hers to make a bracelet, and she's very much against it. So we go into tribal. As far as we know, he's got no vote. And then we get to tribal council. First, anything you want to talk about before we get to the actual just voting of it? Anything they talked about? Um, no, there was there was the moment where Jeff asked Cody about like. Uh, it was him and Justine and Cody's like, yeah, well, if you're still here, then I'll make you a hat, but you're probably not going to be or something like that. That that part was interesting because at that moment. Now, maybe before that, um, something got edited out. We didn't really have an idea that Justine thought she was in trouble. Yeah. And that comment by Cody basically said, hey, Justine, you're in trouble. Yeah, but then, like, Jeff directly asked her about it. She's like, yeah, I know. I'm kind of on the on the chopping block, so maybe that Still, just didn't re- Regardless, not the best thing to say at Travel Council if you're trying to... No. When you're talking to your intended target and telling them that they're at risk. Yeah, we've seen that backfire before. The, the easy thing to say would have been, yeah, as long as we're both here tomorrow, I'll make your hat. Because that just, yeah. or as long as I'm here tomorrow, I'll make your hat. Does it imply that you are the one who has to be there the next day? Yep. Yep. That that would have been maybe a better thing to say, but yep. hey, 
I'm I'm starting not to doubt. I'm starting not to doubt him. He just just keep living. It's all under control. Man, he, if he keeps this up, he'd be one of the most fun winners just ever. Yeah, I I thought like for a little bit. I mean, it's hard not to compare it to the extortion thing where it's like, oh crap, I have X amount of time to do all of this stuff. <laughs> and like I'm just gonna go do it. And sitting there, I was like, there's no way he doesn't get it done. Like if if I needed to trust anyone with this. Other than Tony, it would be Cody. Anyone but or anyone besides Co- Tony would be Cody. Like to get this done, I be- I bet Suri could. I would Suri could do it. Suri, yeah. I mean the the all time social players, sure. Like yeah, Suri, Sandra, like anything like that, probably. Um, but just like. Obviously, the last few seasons, I mean, it's it's easy to make the comparison and for sure on this season, for sure on this season, if it was like Cody versus anyone to get this done, I would want Cody. Cody versus the field. What are the odds? Oh, uh, plus plus 125 for Cody or for yeah. the field for Cody. Cody, yeah, that's that's strong. It is against, it's probably against, a little much. Field. It's probably a little much. I like it though. Strong. I'm, I'm coming off a high of watching that. <laughs> yeah, that that was amazing. Um, so we get to the votes. We see the Neca and Cody and Justine all get one vote each. Then we see Justine again, and then at that point, it had. I mean, at that point, it was a foregone conclusion that it was Justine because. Either Cody didn't have a vote and the votes were done or he had a vote and it was going to be for Justine. Um, Then we get a flashback. Although, unless I saw it wrong, we never saw Noelle give him her beads, did we? They showed other people give him beads that we'd already seen happen. It was... Or did I I watch it wrong? I thought Noelle gave her beads to NECA who gave them to Cody. Okay, I'm gonna miss that handoff and just not gonna give the beads. I think that's I'll believe is that because I can't believe the survivor production would be so bad as to not show Noel give him the deciding beads. Yeah, NECA NECA's like kind of an important piece to the tribe dynamic right now. Oh, she she's a, a social cog right now yeah, in that she's yeah. especially with, with Jesse and, and Cody, she's in a Unless she keeps messing up with the challenges and they have to vote her out because they have to win. But although at that point, if you keep losing, what's the point of losing one more if you have another vote? Because now they can go after Noel and Dwight with the three. Yep. Yep. I think she's in a pretty good spot. I think she's pretty solid. Um, do you think this is an easy, an easier beware advantage? Or do you think it was just a perfect melting pot of Cody getting it? in a back against the wall has to get it done right away. So it, it seemed easy because he's that kind of guy who can do it. Or do you think this is going to be an easier one for the other tribes to also maneuver through? I think the other one is easier because it benefits everyone involved to do it. Like 
as long as you have it, it's going to happen at some point because there's two other people that are trying to make it happen and it's going to be obvious. Like it, it's, it might be easier to get this one done sooner, but like it would, it would be equally suspicious if you just like continued to ask someone to give them one specific bead off of their bracelet and also everyone has an incentive to keep those as like a keepsake from their time on the show yeah which 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 cody mentioned specifically that this is the type of thing that a super fan would want to keep because you don't get to keep a lot so you're gonna kind of hold on to what you can yeah so i think there's there's more incentives for other people to not help with this one and there's more incentives for people to help with the phrases, but so you think it's more of a, a kind of a perfect storm with Cody being Cody also having a hat and having a, a quote unquote good reason to ask for the beads. That's going to be the key is what's your reasoning for asking for them. Yeah. I think how he, how he executed it was like better than anything I could have come up with. I mean, he had multiple people involved helping him with it and he wasn't focusing on the specific bead. He's just like, I, I want the whole thing for my hat and gave very little detail about it. Just turned it into a fun thing. Uh, my question going forward is, are they all going to want them back after tribal council? Are they going to let him wear the hat every time they go? Oh, interesting. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. I wonder what the ruling is there. If he, if, if it's, since he got them, what wasn't there something about the wording at Tribal Council? Like all the beads have to be on at Tribal Council. Like you have to have the bead of everyone at Tribal Council or something like that. Interesting. I that's a really good question. I hadn't even considered that. Because yeah, if they do ask for it back, like Noel very well might ask for that those beads back. Yeah, I mean, there's a way that he could swing it where, like, you go back to tribal and you're like, hey, I need all the beads from my lucky hat again. And you just, like, make it a thing. But I would imagine it would be pretty hard to pull that off, like, just getting everyone to permanently give you their stuff. Yeah, let me, I'm going to try to pull that um, that part up when he, when he finds the advantage and is is reading the rules here let me see where are we at okay because that is okay nope that's after okay one second here share some audio I can remember how to do that. I've done that in a long time. Peter audio. Jesse really wants to vote out Justine, but that's not Hear what it? I want. Yep. I feel like. Okay. It's bird duty. But listen. Okay. Almost there. 
too. But the L-I-V-I-N that was tattooed on me is in my blood. So, like, the beware part, like, it didn't even exist. Like, I just said, open it. Congratulations, you have found the Muni Idol bracelet. But in order for it to have power, you will have to put your social skills to the test. Here's how it works. Each of your tribe mates has one special distinctive bead attached to their personal bag. You must persuade each of them to give you their special bead. How you persuade them is up to you, but you cannot steal a bead. It must be willingly given to you by each player. In order for the bracelet to have power, you must have the beads of every player at Tribal Council. If even one bead is missing from the bracelet, this idol remains powerless. You cannot cast any votes at that tribal council. This is why this advantage says beware. Okay, so I would read that as his vote can go back and forth. Yeah. Would, would you agree with that? I that, would agree. That So if Noel asked for it back and he gives it to her, he has no vote next tribal. Yes. But in theory, if you have enough people on your side, you can just vote her out. And you don't need a vote anyway. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard because like if you do that, then everyone who's with you knows that you have an idol and then it really doesn't do you any good to have the idol because either you're in their alliance or they know that you have it. Yeah, that that could be a really cool and fun twist if people go back and forth at tribals with having a vote, not having a vote, having a vote, not having a vote. But then what happens? Is the idol maybe only good up until the merge? Yeah, it's because it's because it's, it's said you have to have the beat of every player at that tribal council. Now, does that mean at that tribal you need all the beads, or you need the beads of the of only the players of that tribal council? So, like, if he got rid of say Justine's bead, would it still be valid? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he needs hers anymore. So I wonder, ooh, what I, if no, what if Noel asks for her beads back and he just gives her Justine to see, to see if she notices? The difference. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a genius move that I did not think of. That's it. It kind of goes back. I wonder if they put in the the, the thing of Gabler's idol to kind of foreshadow some confusion over how this one works. It's it's hard to say. I mean, there I, definitely could be some some questions and some disagreement among the three that know about it and exactly how it works. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of questions, but they're like more interesting and more fun questions than the last couple of seasons. Yes. Now that we're talking this through a little bit, I think I like this way more than the, than the phrases. Yep. I agree. And I, I hope we get to see it play out a little bit versus just being straightforward the whole way. Yeah, and there will be other tribes, too, in theory, where we see this, and hopefully they're all different. Yeah, because there's a lot of different avenues it could go. I like this a lot, actually. That was that was good. Um, but that brings us to the end of the episode. Justine's voted out. Um, anything else to add? Anyone who stood out or was surprisingly quiet this week? We didn't get a lot from, um, from Coco, but that happens. No. Didn't. Here and there, some tribe just get got that good moment from Geo. 
that was kind of their whole whole thing. Um, but most of the big the big Vessi and Baca week this week. Yeah. Um one person, not to draw attention to the negatives, but uh who who was one person who who you think had kind of a rough showing today? I feel like we might agree on this. I thought Dwight. Okay, well, I, I think Dwight had a rough showing. I think Noel had a really bad showing. Explain. I I think the clips they chose to use of her were like a little like argumentative, a little whiny. Um, and obviously her alliance just got busted up too. And it was not. Yeah. I, I would feel much less optimistic about Noel winning after that. Okay. I didn't necessarily catch that aside from being in a terrible spot on our tribe. Now that there are just two easy votes. Um, with with her and Dwight coming up, but do you do you remember in a, in a, a specific example of like a whiny or, or complaining type? Um, just or, or like moment? being the one who was not agreeing to give her beads up. Um, like there there was a f- I just think there was a few spots throughout where like some of the things that she said came across like a little more disagreeable than you would want to be playing early in the game. I don't know. It like, I just made a mental note of it. I, I don't know exactly what the moments would be right now off the top of my head, but that was like kind of my, my low key, uh, poor showing of the, I'll try to watch for that next week. See if anything sticks out. Something to note is always good. Um, but yeah, I think that's anything else then, or is that gonna that exhaust anything you had? No, to, to no. I mean, we had we had a Barry Bonds and a Jeff Kent reference in the same show, so go us. That was pretty good. We'll see. What we can mix in next week. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so we thank you all for listening as always, and make sure you are subscribed, Apple, Spotify, and listen so you can get these episodes every Thursday morning when they drop. You can follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod, on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. For Jared Sunday, this is Matt Hambidge. We'll see you next time for another scoop of the crispy.